Hello, this is R.J. Deacon reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in Goldman Sachs versus Arkansas Teacher Retirement System. Certiori to the United States Court of Appeals for the Second Circuit. Argued March 29th, 2021. Decided June 21st, 2021. If you'd like to support me or the podcast, uh, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes. Respondent shareholders, plaintiffs, filed this securities fraud class action alleging that the Goldman Sachs Group Incorporated and certain of its executives, collectively Goldman, violated securities laws and regulations prohibiting material misrepresentations and omissions in connection with the sale of securities. That's 15 U.S.C. Section 78J.B. and 17 C.F.R. Section 240.10b-5. through Plaintiffs allege that Goldman maintained an artificially inflated stock price by repeatedly making false assertions and misleading generic statements about its ability to manage conflicts. Under plaintiffs' inflation maintenance theory, Goldman's alleged misrepresentations caused its stock price to remain inflated until the market reacted to the truth about Goldman's practices, at which point Goldman's stock price dropped and plaintiffs suffered losses. Seeking to certify a class of Goldman shareholders harmed by the reliance on Goldman's alleged misrepresentations, plaintiffs invoke the presumption endorsed by the court in Basic Incorporated versus Levinson that investors are presumed to rely on the market price of a company's security, which in an efficient market will reflect all of the company's public statements, including misrepresentations. The basic presumption allows class action plaintiffs to prove reliance through evidence common to the class. Goldman, in turn, sought to defeat class certification by rebutting the basic presumption through evidence that its alleged misrepresentations had no impact on its stock price. After an initial round of litigation, which resulted in a remand from the Second Circuit, the district court certified the class based on Goldman's failure to establish, by a preponderance of the evidence, that its alleged misrepresentations had no price impact. The Second Circuit authorized an appeal under the Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 23F and affirmed in a divided decision, finding that the district court's price impact determination was not an abuse of discretion. Goldman now argues that the Second Circuit erred twice, first by holding that the generic nature of Goldman's alleged misrepresentations is irrelevant to the price impact inquiry, and second by assigning Goldman the burden of persuasion to prove a lack of price impact. The Supreme Court held the decision is vacated and remanded, and Justice Barrett delivered the opinion. The generic nature of a misrepresentation often is important evidence of a price impact that courts should consider at class certification, including in in inflation maintenance cases. That is true, even though the same evidence may be relevant to materially an inquiry reserved for the merits phase of a securities fraud class action. See Amgen Incorporated versus Connecticut Retirement Plans and Trust Funds. A court has an obligation before certifying a class to determine that Rule 23 is satisfied. That's Comcast Corporation versus Barron. And a court cannot make that finding in a securities fraud class action without considering all evidence relevant to price impact. See Halliburton Corporation versus Erica P. John Fund. Uh, that's considered Hallibur- Halliburton II. The parties now accept this legal framework, 
but dispute whether the Second Circuit properly considered the generic nature of Goldman's alleged misrepresentations, because the court concludes that the Second Circuit's opinions leave sufficient doubt on this question, the court remands for the Second Circuit to consider all record evidence relevant to price impact, regardless of whether that evidence overlaps with the materiality or any other merits issue. Defendants bear the burden of persuasion to prove a lack of price impact by a preponderance of the evidence at class certification. The court has held that nothing in the Federal Rule of Evidence 301 constrains the court's authority to change customary burdens of persuasion under a federal statute, see NLRB versus Transportation Management Corporation, and the court has exercised this authority to reassign the burden of persuasion to the defendant in other contexts. Goldman does not challenge the court's relevant precedents, but questions whether the court exercised this authority in establishing the basic framework pursuant to the securities law. The court concludes that Basic and Halliburton II did not allocate to defendants the burden of persuasion to prove a lack of price impact. As relevant here, Basic explains that defendants may rebut the presumption of reliance if they show that the misrepresentation, in fact, did not lead to a distortion of price by making any showing that severs the link between the alleged misrepresentation and the price received or paid by the plaintiff. Um, similarly, in Halliburton II, or similarly, Halliburton II held the defendants may rebut the basic presumption at its class certification by showing that the particular misrepresentation at issue did not affect the stock market price. These references to a defendant's showing require a defendant to do more than produce some evidence relevant to price impact. The defendant must, in fact, sever the link between a misrepresentation and the price paid by the plaintiff. Moreover, Halliburton II's holding that plaintiffs need not directly prove price impact to invoke the basic presumption would be negated in almost every case if a defendant could shift the burden of persuasion to the plaintiffs by mustering any competent evidence of a lack of price impact, including, for example, the generic nature of the alleged misrepresentations. Thus, the best reading of the court's precedents as assigns defendants the burden of persuasion to prove a lack of price impact by a preponderance of the evidence. Even so, that allocated burden will be outcome determinative only in the rare case in which the evidence is in perfect equipose. Equipose? Um, whatever. The decision below is vacated and remanded. Justice Barrett delivered the opinion of the court in which Chief Justice Roberts and Justices Breyer, Kagan, Kev and Kavanaugh joined in full, in which Justices Thomas, Alito, and Gorsuch joined as to Parts 1 and 2A, and in which Justice Sotomayor joined as to Parts 1, 2A1, and 2B. Justice Sotomayor filed an opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part, Justice Gorsuch filed an opinion concurring in part and dissenting in part, in which Justices Thomas and Alito joined. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, you can find a PayPal link in the show notes. Uh, find me on Patreon or contact me at roadscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number eight zero. And you could probably tell me how to properly pronounce equipose because equipose i don't know how it's pronounced 